We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire, joined today by a brand new guest on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, Ryan Balangi, uh, also known as Ride the Great on DraftKings. Ryan is going to be with us basically every day for the next month as we tackle the uh, UEFA Euro 2020, even though we're in 2021. But uh, Ryan is one of the best DFS soccer players that I know. Uh, he particularly specializes in GPPs, which... Um, we've gotten some feedback recently that uh, Jordan and I are too boring because all we do is focus on cash games. So for all of those who want to get the excitement of tournament uh, advice, Ryan is here. So Ryan, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on this endeavor. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. I've been a fan of the podcast for a long time. You and Jordan helped me a lot when I was first starting out. Still listen every week. Uh, really excited for Euros. Excited to help some people out. Uh, talk GPP strategy for sure, but I think we can help people with the cash too. Um, you're the cash expert, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun um, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the Euros start on Friday with a single game, which is kind of what we usually get with these international tournaments. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow to discuss the main classic slate on Saturday. But uh, to kick things off, we've got Turkey and Italy. Uh, who will be playing in Rome, which is so pretty good home game for the Italians. Uh, they're obviously favored in this one. My expectation is that everyone is going to try to jam in as much Italy as possible. Um, from a tournament perspective, since that's yours, is do you think most people should be thinking of different you know, ways to get creative with Italy, or are we just going all out with a, with a turkey upset? You know... I'm liking Turkey the more I look at them. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Their squad looks really good. Um, They got Soyuncu and Demerol at center back. Um, They have three players from the Lille squad that won the French League. And I don't know. They seem underpriced. I know Italy's been playing better and people are expecting like a different style, more attacking, more possession. But these tournament games, these guys are the most expensive. And I mean, it's not like out of the realm of possibility that Turkey, you know, has a similar amount of peripherals and they have a similar amount of goal scoring opportunities. I mean, these first games are tough to predict. So like if, if a team's going to be chalky, it's like, 
take some chances on the other side. Like the chalk fails a lot more often than people think it does. Um, so while, while, while I like Italy a lot, like I, I feel like they were undervalued as far as like the betting in the betting market, at least a couple weeks ago. Um, but I don't know, you know, until we see how these teams are playing and it just, it makes some, it makes sense to sort of, yeah, go with the other side, um, go where the pricing leads you, take some chances on people who aren't going to be, you know, on players who aren't going to be as popular, I guess. Um, until at least we, we have a better, um, I guess, uh, until we know how these teams are going to play more. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I think uh, like Italy just blasted through qualifying, but they really didn't have like uh, that strong of a group. Like the the list of opponents is pretty poor. So like when you see them beating up on teams and we're not used to seeing like Italy scoring a lot of goals, but obviously they have this track record of being very defensive and they were extremely defensively good in, in qualifying. But um, I kind of agree. It seems like it, it feels like uh, people are going into this expecting a bit of like an Italy onslaught and uh, these games, they can like the whole tournament really can be tight. Like the international games, unless you have these like significant um, significantly one-sided matches, like we, you know, in qualifying when we see, you know, Portugal against the Faroe islands and stuff like that. I think sometimes that throws people off who play DraftKings consistently. Cause you're like, Oh, the last time I, you know, Ronaldo scored five goals. So in this one, I got to get a mobile cause they're, they're favored. But uh, I, the, the actual tournament games tend to be lower scoring. We saw this with the World Cup uh, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago now um, that, you know, we were getting all these dumb center back penalty goals. But like ultimately the scoring is just not that high in terms of goals. And so if you're starting to look more at peripherals, I agree with you. Like Turkey has legit players on this squad. And so um, from a tournament perspective, yeah, I, I think – they're they're definitely underpriced. I think it was something like nine of the top ten highest uh, price guys on the slate are, are from Italy, which you know we can't be that surprised because it's usually based on the pricing. But um, right. are there any guys at least like I'm I'm expecting essentially uh, Insignia to be really popular if he starts. I think a lot of people will play Immobile only because they the expectation is is that if Italy scores, it's going to be him, uh, and then from there. Uh, at least from the Italian side, I think you kind of just go where where the set pieces go if it's not necessarily Insignia. Yeah. Okay. So I like the Italy squad too. I don't. I don't want to just write off Italy. They they look. This is the best squad they've had in a while. That that midfield is really good. Jorginho, Barella, and Verratti. Verratti might be out for this game, but Locatelli is good too. And yeah. And their front three is is I guess better than it usually is you know they have better individual players um just more technical players um do, do we think do we think uh Berardi or Chies is gonna start I uh I think we initially went with Chiesa and now I think it's gonna be Berardi um I yeah. think there's also uh a decent chance that uh Spinazzola starts over Emerson um which is a bummer because I love any opportunity I can get to play Emerson. But um, I mean, thankfully, you know, with showdown, we'll, we'll know the lineups before, before lock, but yeah, I would, I think it's going to be Berardi up there. Um, okay. Well, if assuming it's Berardi, 
Um, he's a, he, he'd be their only left-footed player, and I think that would guarantee him half the set pieces. I mean, depending on how Man, if Mancini wants to, you know, take in swingers or out swingers, it doesn't really matter. He'd been taking, he's been taking a lot of sets in the qualifiers too. So, uh, I mean, I think him and Insigne would be, there's not much to, to differentiate between the two. Yeah. Um, as far as Immobile, yeah. Um, He's going to be popular, obviously, with Italy being the favorites. Um, sometimes it's a spot I like to stay away from, especially if it feels like he's 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 definitely going to get subbed. He, uh, Mancini doesn't like to play him and uh, Bellotti together, but yeah. he plays both of them. So it's something to think about. Um, but yeah, uh, Berardi or Insigne probably probably the best play from Italy. I mean, one of them is likely to have a big game. Uh, as far as the Turkey set pieces go, it seems like Chalanoglu and uh, Yazizi will split sets. Yazizi's left-footed, so I definitely see him taking half the sets. People might just assume Chalanoglu will take them, but they've been splitting them. I'd expect that to continue. Um. I think there'll be the two guys that people, if you want Turkey exposure, like those are your first two, at least from a floor perspective, for sure. I think so too. Yeah. Um, I mean, how can we like reasonably project them for like that many corners though? No, like that <laughs> pieces. It's a lot of times it's not, it's not as important as we make it out to be. Yeah. Um, Right. If the if if they're only going to have four corners and they each take two, like you're, you're right, it's 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 not that big of a deal. Um, but there's scenarios where they could take a lot more too. So sure. There's yeah, it's absolutely in the in the realm. Um, for for tournaments like you were saying, like set pieces aren't everything. Like, do you? actively try to not avoid set pieces, but are they like the easiest fades in turn in like um, large field showdown tournaments, or do you still just have to have them? No, you, 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 you want to have them like, I guess it's all slate dependent, but especially, especially on these slates where if we think it might be more cagey and when there, there's five subs too. So it, it all makes it harder for, uh, there to be a lot of scoring. And yeah. so you're still going to want those players. Like they, the, the set piece guys can, can, can fail sometimes and it's still not going to be that bad for your lineups. Like they can still be in the winner, especially because so many people play them. So like a lot of times it's not even worth the risk to, to try to fade. And in some of the big spots, you can just get different elsewhere. Uh, is there, is there anyone you're expecting to be pretty popular that you're comfortable fading? Oh, that's a good question. Um, like it's one of those that like, it yeah. seems like oh. an easy answer to that. That's uh, what it, right. Cause like Go if ahead. he doesn't score and he, you know, comes off for uh Bellotti, then you're great. Right. And if, even if he scores, like him scoring doesn't rule out the fact that he could play 55, 60 minutes. Um, right. You just have to hope that it's not one, nothing, I guess. 
Yeah, um, you're right. He he's he's he would be like the first one that comes to mind. Um, but I don't know. No 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 one like jumps out at like when I don't have it's it, for the first game. It's when it's tough to gauge like how these teams are going to play. Um, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to go, you know, full fade on guys and like so heavy. Nor- normally I'm someone who who has a really small player pool. Uh, I, I feel like one of the bigger mistakes people make is that they just play too many players. Um, and you have, you know, most of the the tout sites and the, and the podcasts and everything talking about, you know, a sprinkle of this guy, a sprinkle of that guy, you know, everyone's a good play, you know, you can have everyone. And then people wonder why they don't make any money when they have, you know, one or two of every single player. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think it's really important and especially for euros because we're going to have slates every day, you know, there's always tomorrow. So, so, you know, the, the plays that you're confident with, you know, just, just go way over the field, give yourself a lot of chances to win. I'm I'm talking from as someone who plays between 20 and 30 lineups on most slates. Um, Yeah, you're. I know you're not a 150 guy. No, I'm not. I'm not a 150 guy. um, But I'll go really heavy on ownership in some spots. Like the good plays, I have no problem playing on 100% of lineups. Um, I don't know if we have anyone like that for this showdown. So like I'm saying, like for these first games, I might not go quite as heavy, Um, but there might be spots to do. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, There probably could be one on Saturday slate, but we can talk about that tomorrow. At least I think what people will fly. Yeah. Um, Is so, yeah, like uh, going just like further down the, the, the salary pool, like, um, I don't think it's a double goalkeeper game, but like, where do you fall on goalkeepers in showdown? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so let's just quickly, just quickly go back about, I think it was two years ago, maybe just a little less when DraftKings changed the scoring and it used to be the scoring was double for showdowns and they changed it two years ago and ever and made it just regular scoring except for two things goalie goalie saves used to be three and they lessened it to two and they didn't change wins at all so while every other scoring category got cut in half two of the goalies categories one only got half and one stayed the same so it immediately made goalkeepers a better play as far as showdown and not only that but when when you have the scoring for everybody it just makes it more likely that goalies are going to end up on the winning lineup because in a lot of games, it's hard for six players to score double digit points. And there's so many ways that goalies can score double digit points. So it, it actually made them better in two ways. So you saw like goalies just become insanely popular over the last year. And rightfully so, like a lot of times there's some of the best plays on the slate. Um, as far as this slate, no, I don't hate double goalkeeper. I mean, again, you just, if it fits the scenario, like, yeah, sure. Um, when, 
I, th- I, I mean, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm playing with the prices and the lineups right now to see, see what I can fit. But yeah, um, helps you because like if you're playing, if you're playing double goalkeeper, like you're definitely not playing immobile. So you, salary wise, like you toss that out. Um, you obviously can still take the set piece guys and be all right. But uh, like anyone who has like, who needs a goal basically to, to make value, they, that they get tossed from your player pool theoretically, just because if they score, then your goalkeeper is probably dead. Right. Um I don't love double goalkeeper, but no, to answer your question, it's actually, it's one of, it's won quite a few showdowns recently and it's not something I normally play for. I'm, I'm normally someone who's over the field on both goalkeepers, but I, I just, I struggle to get both keepers in the same lineup because, you know, it's very risky. Obviously they're, they're the most variable of all the players and yeah, it's just you know it's worth the risk though. If you if you think a game if you think a game is going to be low scoring, I mean some of these games are going to end nil nil, and even if they don't, like when the the teams that are the biggest underdogs, like almost always their cheap goalie is going to be better than than any of the other players in that range. Like it, it, even if the even if they get scored on three times, and you know they have seven eight saves. It, it's hard for those other players to even score five points sometimes. So I think people people underestimate how often the goalies are going to be in the winning lineup, even if even if they're getting scored on. I think that's a really good point. It's something that a lot of people either ignore or uh, like willfully ignore or just don't think about. But yeah, you went, if you consider the viability of a goalkeeper at whatever price they are, usually the underdog goalkeeper. Are basically priced by their own, you know, their teammates who are defensive midfielders or uh, not quite center back low, but basically guys who would struggle to double digit points. And even if they give up a goal, you know, if they get peppered, uh, their path to ten points is probably a lot better than, um, you know, the the sixty minute wingers or uh, the defensive uh, center mids that are that are there because you know they'll just have more action. So I don't know, I. I think uh, on the flip side, like I think Donnarumma is going to be like, I think enough people will see this game and say like, oh, there's definitely a win clean sheet there for, for Italy and having him, there's your 10 points, whether he makes a save or not. But like we were saying, like we, Turkey has enough good guys that he couldn't end up with a few saves too. Right. Um, First I'll say that like, yeah, I agree with that. In if I wasn't considering ownership at all, like Donnarumma is a great play. Like in in this game, I, I would make lineups. I would I would have a goalie on my Italy lineups. I would have a goalie on my on my Turkey lineups. Um, it's gonna be popular, and it should be. Um, but but you can get different in other places. Um, but yeah, go, goalies just just in general, goalies are uh, I guess even better than people think in showdown, even though they become very popular. Um, I remember uh, when we had all those Bundesliga slates during the pandemic, I, I listened to a, a, a few different uh, places that have soccer content and 
they weren't high on goalies. They couldn't understand why they were so popular. And, you know, everyone's come around now. It's, you know, goalie, people are captaining goalies a lot, both sides, the underdog, it doesn't matter. Um, They just end up in the winning lineup so often. So yeah, I always support keeper. Um, If you, if you want to play keepers, I would just say, Prop. either make sure you're over the field or get different in other places um, because some of these lineups are going to be duplicated, you know, more than 20 times. And I'm, I'm not, I'm really trying to avoid that. If you don't mind chopping, like that's fine actually, you know, because they are more likely to win. So like, you know, there's the argument like, yeah, I, I don't want to chop, but I also still want to win. Sure. Um, yep. But you can you can get you don't have to have all five one stacks, I guess, is what I'm saying. You don't have to have um, goalkeepers with two defenders to get the clean sheets. Also, like y- you can get there with with players from the other team, too. Um, and it, it's just worth it because a lot of people are going to duplicate the the popular goalie lineups. It's, it's just what's been happening. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Uh, are there any lower price guys you think end up being kind of popular? Like do enough people have enough people been burned by Jorginho penalties for Chelsea that they look at him and say, Oh, for 5,400, I'll grab him or. Man, I have such a tough time playing Jorginho. <laughs> um, As you should. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah, there's some guys I like. Let's just Jorginho. Um, I was looking at the penalty takers for Italy's recent games, and I saw uh, Immobile had taken one recently. Uh, Belotti had taken one recently, but Jorginho wasn't on the pitch for those games. He had taken one or two in the last games uh, in 2020. So you know, it's tough to who do you, who do you think is going to be on pens? I mean, for Italy, I mean, do we know? No, I think that that was like one of the hardest things that um, we were trying to put together, like set piece takers. And it's like when you have so few games that they end up playing, like qualifying, you look at the total stats, you're like, wow, they played a ton of games. But like it's it's like a third of a regular uh, club season, maybe a, a quarter even. And yeah. then it's like the number of penalties that they get. And then just like you said, uh, uh, Immobile and Belotti both took the last two, but Jorginho wasn't there. So you just you just have no idea. Uh, and that's like the most frustrating part of it. I guess the, the way I would think is that if you're, if you're building a lineup purely for penalty upside, which I think you should just stop and not do that anyway. But if you are like, at least Jorginho is like half the price. Yeah. Um, or you take, you know, uh, Immobile and Jorginho and just hope, but I don't know. I, Relying sure, too no, much if, on the penalties. If you, if you, no, no, no. If you no, not at all. Because there's a lot of penalties these days, and I'm sure there's going to be penalties in this tournament. Um, with Jorginho, at least when it when it comes to you know playing him when for the Chelsea showdowns, I think it makes sense to play those penalty takers at captain because um, you're not gonna. If they do, like, if Jorginho doesn't score a penalty, you're probably not going to win. Um, with him in the flex, like he, so, but if he does, he, he'd be a really good captain. So if you're going to take a chance on those guys, 
that that would be my advice. Um, as far as just cheap players in general, yeah, I mean, you know, we like we like uh, fullbacks, cheap fullbacks. Um, Zeki Select, forty two hundred, he seems all right. Um, Yakuslu seems all right for Turkey, thirty eight hundred. I mean, he had a really good season for West Brom. Um, guys like that are likely to play ninety minutes. I think you really want to target guys who are going to play ninety minutes in these showdowns. I mean, there's five subs. I, I, I don't think the managers are going to use five subs. I mean, I think that a lot of times it's overblown. Like people worried about five subs. I mean, in Bundesliga, it wasn't. They were using subs like crazy. You know something guys at half, but I just, I don't really see that in the Euros, but it's still important to target the guys who are going to get 90 minutes, especially when they're cheap. Um, so I like a guy like that. Um, as far as like the Italy side, I think probably the best cheap play, at least from like an upside perspective is Locatelli. If he starts, um, Verratti's probably going to be out. I don't know. Have you seen anything about that? It, it seems like he's not going to play, right? It, I I would say it seems unlikely he starts. If he's, okay, yeah, you know, like unlikely he starts. Okay. Um, yeah, Locatelli's okay. He he he's taken some corners in um, Italy's last few qualifiers. Um, yeah, those guys. I would say. I don't know. Am I missing anyone? No, I think it'll basically come down to like, do, do I want to play Locatelli or Jorginho? And oh, Florenzi too. Florenzi too. Yeah. Yeah. There's an outside chance, you know, Florenzi could take a corner or two. Um, but even still, he's cheaper than Spinazzola. So he makes sense too. Yep. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if I end up playing Locatelli at all, but like guarantees the Jorginho penalty. Um, so I'll let you guys know in Discord if uh, if I yeah. go that way. Um, just uh, one final thing on these showdowns, and obviously it's very slate dependent because of the players. Actually, before I get that, I was going to say in terms of the five sub things, uh, it seems that the teams, like the bigger teams, Italy I think is one of them, uh, where they have more depth. I think that's where you're more likely to see four or five subs because they have the guys that do it and it's not this huge drop-off. Um, like everybody jokes around about how absurd, like the France benches and like, those are guys that could start on a lot of teams. And so they're kind of easy subs. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. But Turkey, I mean, we talked Turkey have a lot of good players, but they start. And so we're kind of expecting them to play uh, more of them to play 90 minutes than, um, you know, guys like Immobile and stuff like that, because they just have Italy have guys they can play off the bench. So if they have them, then at least early in the tournament, it seems like they should be able to use them. Right. Um, yeah. It seems like uh, like Italy, especially that has a lot of these skilled attackers that you're not really sure which one they like most or even which one's the best. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna wanna they're gonna play them all. They're gonna wanna get them in there. They, they they might be quicker to make subs. You know, a team like a team like Spain comes to mind where you have a lot of similar attackers like that. The, the, those are the first guys who are gonna be subbed. You're right for 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 the better teams. Um, definite, definitely something to keep in mind where, where the best players on the, the lesser teams, um, are likely to play longer. Um, it, that's important. It, it's really important. 90, 90 minutes is bigger than people think, uh, when it yeah. comes to the rounds. For sure. For sure. Um, that's something we'll have to talk about at least for these classic slates, because we've got there, you know, it's gonna be all staggered starts. So even if, uh, 
like even the bigger teams can rotate their starting line. I'm not even worrying about subs before. Uh, Definitely. There, but. So just the last topic, uh, on a showdown like this, like you were saying, you like to keep a, a fairly limited player pool. Um, what, how, how many players is that? Realistically? Mm, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know from a specific for, hmm. I guess I don't have a specific number of players. Mm -hmm. I just would say for the players that, you know, you like maybe more than the field or just that you're heavy on in general, it makes sense to just load them. You know, there, there's always slates tomorrow. Um, the one thing I'll say about that, and it took me this, one of my bigger leaks for a while is just not thinking that, or I guess is not, these the lineups that you make are they still stand alone so it's okay to to play one-offs like I, I would be hesitant to 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 have just one like a guy in one lineup because but but that was wrong like um you can do that too um but as far as like total amount of players i don't know i don't think it really matters um but just just in the spots that that you feel confident in as far as your fades and like you, you know go heavy or way under the field in certain spots but i don't think there's like an exact number of players it's just important that the number's not 22 for sure <laughs> yeah i guess and what i was saying like i i used to think more of my lineups at, in like a cumulative sense and i still do because you know when you when you have players that you're confident in, you want to give yourself like as many chances to win as possible. So it doesn't necessarily make sense to fade guys that you think are going to do good. Just, I guess, just to fade them or just in case. Yep. Um, but it does make sense to, to, to play guys on one lineup. Like, and that that's something that I've been trying to do more recently. So d definitely like give yourself outs he here and there. Like you can have like a sprinkle of guys if you want, but you know, just on one lineup or something, you know, it, you don't have to, don't spread yourself too thin. I mean, theoretically every lineup you make, if you're playing tournaments, you know, correctly, as we like to say, like each one should have a shot to win first place. Right. right. Um, yeah, like don't let one lineup make affect another lineup. You know, don't worsen one lineup just because it may not work with a separate lineup that has really right. nothing that, to do with it. Exactly. That's that's one of the things that it, it took me longest to learn. Like I had, I was hesitant to, I was hesitant to make one offs like that, but but that was wrong. Like the, these lineups do all stand alone. So so yeah, you, while you want to like keep your player pool tight and go heavy on ownership in certain spots. They, they're still all unique lineups. So definitely have some one-offs. Love it. All right. Uh, if you have any follow-up, you can find Ryan, where do we find you on Twitter? Uh, just or Ryan Belongi. Yeah. At Ryan Belongi on Twitter. I mean, if you have any questions, I'll, I'll answer any and all soccer questions. Seriously, just, just DM me about anything. DFS wise, uh, just soccer wise. Um, but yeah, really, really excited about these classic slates coming up. You know, there, there's only so much we can talk about in showdown. Um, 
yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, sure will be. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew, uh, also available in the Rotowire Discord, which is open for all subscribers. Just go to rotowire.com slash chat to get in there. If you are not a Rotowire subscriber and would like to join, uh, you can try us out for free for 10 days. No credit card required. Just go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Um, we're going to have a ton of content for Euros uh, for subscribers this year. So everything that we do for all the domestic Euro leagues that we covered regularly, like the Premier League, even the Champions League, we're going to have all of that um, for Euros as well. So uh, definitely check that out. Ryan, thank you for that. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.